Hi guys, welcome to my podcast and welcome to my live right now. I am the Anxious Procrastinator and my name is Megan. So tonight I'm really excited because this is part four of my series, You're Worth the Wait. And I cannot wait to share you with share this with you guys because right now I'm going to be talking about how you are in the level of contentment to going into a relationship. And this is kind of something that I really wanted to talk to a lot of people right now because this is something that is really important in my life and I feel like God is speaking through me to you guys about this. So basically, let's just kind of get into the Bible and kind of talk about some things. Hopefully I can find the verse I'm looking for because it's just been a hot mess day and I'm just trying to figure out life right now. But what I want to talk to you today about is how... God has been working through my life and showing me places and areas in my life that have been a struggle or that have been issues that have caused a lot of breaks with friendships and everything else. So trying to find the verse. So give me just a few seconds. It takes a while to find the verses. But I feel like with us as people of people of Christ, people who are in singleness, who are trying to get content. I feel like it's very hard for us to get from the contentment level, from the single contentment level to going into the next level of a relationship. And I feel like to me, that's the hardest thing for me to do because I'm really nitpicky. And I feel like a lot of people who are introverts like me are very nitpicky are type of people who just, they lack confidence in what they're doing. They lack the knowledge of what they need to do. And they just lack the courage to go and to really, really, really trust God. So I feel like today, this is what God's really calling me to talk to you guys about is just going from contentment and going into a relationship. Now, a lot of times I hear from a lot of godly women and stuff, if you are content you will finally get to meet your husband. And I feel like that can be a bold-faced lie. I feel like sometimes with that, people are trying to be so nice, they're trying to be so generous to you, but they don't understand that a lot of times with singleness, it can be very hard to really, really listen to people about, um, sorry, Keep flipping through my Bible to listen to godly people who really want the best for you. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with right now. So I found the verse. I'll just stop flipping through my Bible. And I feel like for me, that's a struggle that has been so hard for me to deal with right now because of being single and seeing friends who are getting married, seeing family members getting married, seeing people who are having babies, getting relationship. And it just, I'm just going to tell you right now, it can suck. It can really suck. but. This is the part of my um, podcast that I really wanted to talk to you about because this is the part where I ask you the question, what are you waiting for? Now, if you're an introvert like me, you overthink everything, you have anxiety, you get scared to talk to guys, and you just, you're not very good at talking to guys. You don't know how to be friends with them. I raise my hand. How many of you feel that way? I 100% feel that way all the time. Like, I just don't know what to say around guys unless they're like with their wives and I can truly talk to them. But if they're just like a friend, I don't know how to talk to them. Or if I like them, I don't know how to talk to them. It's just something I've always struggled with. And I wanted to use the description of the bride of Christ and Jesus as an example of what a relationship really looks like. And I feel 
with me, my biggest struggle is I'm very nitpicky. And the reason I'm nitpicky is because I have dealt with so many guys who have been wrong for me or so many guys that my family was like, well, you know, you can change them. I hated that saying. I really hate that saying. You know, you can change a guy. You can't. I'm going to tell you right now, unless the Holy Spirit is in that guy for you, girl, there is no way of changing that guy's perspective or changing him to come in faith with you. And you know what? That's okay. That is God's way of saying letting go. But what about the guys in your church? What about the ones that could really be a great match for you and you're just being really nitpicky? I feel like a lot of us are holding back because we're waiting for this perfect guy to come into our lives and we're missing out. We're really missing out. We're missing out on those opportunities to be their friends, to really be the light of Christ on them, to really, really show them what it means to be in a godly relationship or to just be in a friendly godly relationship. I feel that we're missing out and we're missing the point of what it means to be brothers and sisters in Christ because we're overthinking and overcomplicating everything that the world sees as a relationship. Now, how many of you have watched like movies like The Kissing Booth or To All the Boys I Ever Loved? Like, seriously, I'm into those movies. I think they're funny. But again, everything gets overly complicated about relationships. Like, do I talk to the guy? Do I say this or do I say that? I really love the movie um, To All the Boys I Ever Loved because I really, really, really relate to her. I really relate to the girl in the movie. I think it's a wonderful movie. I think you should watch it. There's no sexual anything about it. It's pretty PG-13 PG movie that any teenage girl could watch. But I always felt like her. I felt like I couldn't tell the tell the guys I like how I felt because I felt like they're not going to understand me, one. And two, I feel like they're going to make fun of me because I dealt with so many hurtful situations with guys in middle school and high school that I just kind of held back. And that has led into my college years and also into my young adult years of just dealing with that. So I want to ask you that big question again. If you are in contentment and there is a certain guy coming into your life and there's a certain somebody who's kind of catching your eye, but you're not doing anything, what are you waiting for? Why are you waiting for that person to make the next move? Because if they're not going to make the next move, they're not going to do it the rest of the time they're with you. So what are you waiting for? What is holding you back from going to that person saying, hi, we need to hang out and let's go have coffee? What are you waiting for? Because most relationships, most guys will make the move. And sometimes God will not let the guy make the move because it's your turn to make the move. And that's the one thing I feel a lot of us are struggling with. We are not learning to get out of that contentment because we're afraid that if we go talk to that guy or talk to that girl, we're going to blow it. So here's my thing about that today. It's in Ephesians 5. And it's verse 21, and it's called The Instructions of a Christian Household. Now, I'm going to turn this into a different point of view because a lot of people take this the wrong way. In this day and age, with women's movements, with all this type of stuff of masculinity, people are taking the Bible and taking it out of context. And i that's not what I want to do today. What I want to do today is talk about what it means to have a godly relationship, what it means to truly live like the bride of Christ. So here's what it says. 
In verse 21, it goes, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything they do. Now, I know a lot of girls out there will be upset about this because it's like, well, I really don't want to submit to my husband and da-da-da-da. And that means I'm belittling myself and I'm belittling my intelligence. That's not what Christ meant when wives are supposed to submit to their husband. It's like the saying from my big fat Greek wedding. The man is the head and the woman is the neck. And the woman can turn the man any way she wants to. It's kind of the same thing. Women, it is okay to sit there and let your husbands be in charge of things. There are going to be times where you're going to have to come and be together and have to do teamwork together. But there are going to be times where he needs to shine and you need to step back and let him do that. What what this means Christ is saying in this verse, though, let's get back to the point is that he wants us to submit our lives just like as we submit ourselves to Christ. If we're submitting ourselves to Christ, that means we're letting go of control, we're letting God guide us, and we're letting him show us where we need to go. That's how God created a relationship. Men are the guiding, they're the leaders. And if you're always leading all the time, you're taking away their blessings, you're taking away their gifts, you're taking away a lot of things in their life that they could be helping you grow into. And that's the one thing I feel a lot of us struggle right now with, is this verse. This is a verse that I'm going to feel like the next couple of generations are going to struggle with. Because we're so about women empowerment, but we're not building up men to know how to deal with these types of situations. And Christ did not call men to back down on things like this. He never did. There were so many times that Jesus Christ defended women in the Bible. He defended prostitutes. He's defended adulterous people. He was there for those women. Why? Because he loved them the way they were. And he showed them how to get out of their sinful nature. And that's why this verse is important. When we are submitting to our husbands, we're submitting to Christ. We're obeying what he calls us to do. There is nothing wrong with doing that. But it's not okay to let your husband be a bully. And it's not okay for your husband to sit there and dictate how you need to act. Your husband is supposed to be the leader and the one showing you how to live with Christ. Showing you what it means to truly serve Jesus Christ. You're a team, but also he is the leader. And you need to let him have that gift and be the leader. Now we're going to go on to verse 25. We're going to talk about husbands. Husbands. Really listen to this one. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to him, to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. Now, if that doesn't hit a lot of guys out there, I don't know what does. But this hits me a lot. It says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Here's the thing. You want a guy defending you, ladies. You want a guy who's going to stand up for what they believe in. You're going to want a guy who knows their Bible, who has a relationship with Christ, who has all those things. But... I'm going to tell you right now, there are no perfect guys out there who are like this. There are a lot of guys who are going to come into your life who are broken. And those are the guys you need to keep in your relationship, you need to keep in your friendship relationship. 
type of thing where you just say, let's just be friends. We'll see where this goes as friendship and then we'll go from there. But you have to understand, I'm going to tell a lot of you out there, there's always going to be slim pickings where you're at and you can't be picky. Well, I grew up in a conservative Christian church and I really want a conservative Christian guy. Let me tell you one thing. I was the same way of thinking that. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me because I'm not going to be able to deal with a guy, <coughs> excuse me, who is going to be that type of conservative because to me that considers a little bit too bossy for me. And that's just not the type I want to be with. I want to be with somebody who's godly, but I also want to be with somebody who's open-minded who reaches out to other people who aren't just like Christians like me, but people who really need to know who Jesus is and how are they shining that light out to that person? And I feel like as husbands, as we're looking for men, we need to look for leaders. We need to look for the ones who are standing out. We need to look for the ones who are really, really, really putting forth the faith in Christ. And if a guy is coming in and out of your life, and he's not putting forth the effort for their faith, then they're not going to be anything more than your friends. And you got to leave those guys in the friend zone. But there are guys in your life who God is really pointing you to. And he's saying, what are you waiting for? Why are you waiting for the right moment to do this? I have given you every stinking opportunity to talk to this person, and you have yet to do it. And I feel like Christ is calling to me about certain people in my life. Like I've given you every opportunity to talk to that person and you've kind of blown it and you let your anxiety talk through your faith. And that's the big thing I feel like a lot of girls do. Well, you know, I'm going to wait for the guy to make the move. I'm going to tell you in this world right now, guys aren't going to make the move anymore because if they've been broken too many times by other girls, if they've had too many girls play them, they're not going to make the move. They will not make the first move. A lot of times it can be busy. A lot of times other things can happen. but when it comes from you coming out of your contentment and getting into relationship, please do not be picky. Please take a chance with the guy who's standing in front of you because that may be the guy who could be really good for you because you don't want to make the same mistakes where you're like me and you put a wall up and then you don't take it down because you're like, well, this certain person doesn't have everything I'm looking for. And it's like, but does that really matter in the end? No, it doesn't. And I love how this verse talks about to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with the washing with water through the word, and to present her, her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, without any blemish, but holy and blameless. And that's what a guy should do. A guy should never take advantage of you, girls. A guy should always, always put you first. But in contentment, when it comes from going to contentment to the next level of a relationship, you need to not be afraid to take that next step because God is telling you to stand firm in what I've told you, what I've made you work on. And that's a lot of things I feel a lot of us ladies don't want to do. We're afraid to go to the next level because we're afraid we're going to get hurt. We're afraid that that guy's not going to be right for us. We're afraid of all these other things happening in our lives. But I just want to say that God has an opportunity for you to really minister to that person in your life who could be hurting. And this could be your chance to really show that friendship that that person has never really had in their life. And I feel that is the biggest thing that I always want to put with when I talk about relationships on my podcast, when I talk about things that are a bit, a little bit unknown to me because I haven't been in a lot of relationships, but 
when it comes to that type of stuff, you always want to start out as friends. You always want to start out knowing who that person is. And you want to make sure that person understands like what you're like, what your personality is. But also, you don't want to put walls up. If that person starts liking you, don't put the walls up. Like, come on, people. Let's not be afraid to take that big leap of faith. Because God is calling you to do that. And you're not doing it because you're being afraid or you're being nitpicky. And that's my biggest fault. That's the one thing I'm starting to put down on. I say, you know what? I can't be picky about things anymore. I can't think that my life is going to be perfect. I'm going to marry a millionaire. One of my biggest faults. I don't know why I think that way. I just do. It's something that I have to work on. I'm a big dreamer and dream big. (laughs) I'm just like, that's just, that's not important. It really isn't. But what's important is that that person really truly wants to live for Christ, even though they're not perfect at it. And I feel like sometimes we got to take off the mask of that perfect Christian girl and really see the person that is in front of us and say, can this person really help me grow in Christ? Can this person really help me grow as a person to really illuminate Christ, to illuminate my faith, to grow as a woman, to really mature not only my spiritual faith, but my physical, mental um, mine. And I feel like a lot of us are just holding back because we're afraid. We're afraid to take that next step. And I'm going to tell you right now, girlfriend, there are no perfect guys out there. And if you're waiting for that right moment, you're going to be missing out on some great learning moments in your life, some great blessings that God's going to teach you. But I digress. I'm going to get back to this verse and I want to finish it out because it's a very long verse. But it also has some juicy, great things to it. So we're going into verse 28, and it goes, In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After, after all, no one ever heard, no one ever hated their body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his wife and he'll leave his father and mother, not his wife, and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect herself, respect her husband. I think the ending really means a lot. Respect your husband's girlfriends. Don't sit there and belittle them. Don't sit there and be mean to them. When you get into that relationship, respect the person you're with because that matters to Christ because you have to illuminate that relationship too. It's not going to be all about him teaching you how to do it because if you're expecting him to teach you to do stuff, girlfriend, you need to get a little bit closer with Christ. And away from trying to think that a guy is going to fix you. And I feel like a lot of girls go into marriage just thinking that. Because that's what we're taught by our families. Oh, well, you can fix that guy. Or, well, you can fix that girl. No. That is an awful, awful truth that I hate to tell you. But it's true. We cannot fix each other. Only Christ can do that. And once Christ starts coming in your life and fixing those problems in your life, you'll start to see so many more blessings. But I love how he talks about it, like how women, how wives are, have their own bodies and that we should respect them and that all these things, but also respecting ourselves. And this is the biggest thing before you want to get, in real, get into a relationship. Are you content with your life? Are you being nitpicky? And then number three is, are you really working on the problem in your heart, in the fixer upper rooms in your heart? 
or you're still going back on those bad habits. Because if you are going after a guy who illuminates Christ, but you're not living it, you're not going to get that person. That person's going to look to a very godly woman who really illuminates Christ. And that's where I always like to talk about recovery, talking about taking care of ourselves, and also talking about sin. If you have sin in your life and you're not working on it, or you're not fixing those problems, or you're not letting God fix them, you're never going to have those blessings because you're going to keep falling for the wrong person. You're going to keep falling for the wrong situations. You're going to keep going back to the same old, same old. And God doesn't call us to do that. God calls us to be children of Christ. But I love how in this verse it talks about when a husband leaves, when a, a son leaves his mother and father and comes with his wife and becomes one with each other. And I don't want to get too much into that verse because that verse can get really deep onto like sexual sin and talking about like purity and that. But again, there's going to be one day where you're going to have to leave your family and you're going to have to go with your husband. You're going to become one. And that's honoring Christ. That's what the body of Christ is. We are the bride of Christ. When it comes to a relationship, when it comes to that next level of like, what are you waiting for? Like, that's what you're going to be seeing next in a relationship. That's what you're going to be seeing is you want to look for somebody that is going to be marriage material, not somebody who's going to be always, you have to fix them all the time. Because that's not a good sign that relationship won't work out. And that's where I feel like a lot of girls go wrong. And I feel that a lot of us need to really work on that. As women of Christ, we need to really, really say in our contentment that, yes, I'm going to be picky about a few things, but I'm not going to be picky about what he looks like, how he dresses, what he's wearing for the day, how, what type of job he's going to have, what he's doing the rest of his life, or what degree he's going into, because those don't matter. What matters is as long as you are honoring God with that relationship, that's all that matters. I always love using Sadie um, Robertson's description about what it means to be in a relationship with a guy and how she met her husband. Like, I think it's such a beautiful story. And I think a lot of girls can take this to heart is that they were friends. They really didn't date. They didn't go on too many dates. She and him, like, I think his name is, don't ask me what his name is. I'm going to forget. I don't want to mess it up. But she and I, Christian, Kristen and him. Kristen and Sadie, I'm sorry, basically had a friendship relationship. And you know what? In the end, they got engaged, they got married, and it was a wonderful thing. And it really helped her to really get out of just overthinking everything with a guy and just being a friend. And I feel like that's where God's calling me to. It's just one of those things where I feel God saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to do it this way. We're going to do it my way from now on. So you got to trust me. And I do believe God is bringing my husband into my life. I mean, I believe like a year and a half ago, he talked about it, but has it happened yet? No, because there's so much stuff I need to work on. There's so much things in my life that I need to correct. And there's so much things that I need to focus on right now. And so many things that needed to happen and so many blessings in my life that it just, it wasn't pos- plausible right now. But that doesn't mean you should be sitting around waiting for that guy to happen in your life. Because guess what, girlfriend? You need to start doing stuff because love does. When you truly love Christ and you want to love on people, the best way of getting yourself out there and showing more of who you are is serving others, being in leadership at your church, going out into your community and really, really reaching the least of these, and also, also 
going out there, maybe starting some Bible studies and stuff, like really getting out there and being motivated in your faith. And that's kind of what I did this week. I got, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I stepped out of my insecurities and I said, you know what, I'm going to take a leadership position with my young adult group and I'm going to be the welcoming committee and I'm going to go from there and just see where God's leading me. And I can't really wait I cannot wait to see where he's leading me. But I know right now that the next level may happen in a year. It may happen in a couple of years. But that doesn't mean I stop serving Christ because it just hasn't happened yet. It means that I still have a lot more to go with my story and that Christ is doing an amazing thing. But I think that Ephesians 5 verses 21 all the way to the end of the chapter is a great example of what it means to have a godly relationship. And I want to say to you out there, ladies, today that you know what? You are loved and you are wonderfully made. And I can't wait to see your love stories out here. I'm so glad you joined me on my podcast. But guess what? I'm going to leave you with this. What are you waiting for? What is holding you back to that next level? Because that next level could lead you to the next blessing in your life. So I hope you all enjoyed my little podcast right now. I can't wait to share this all with you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I hope all of you will share like this, send this out to your friends. And this is the ending of you are so worth the wait because darling, you are worth the wait. You are totally worth the wait. Don't go after things in your life that are going to cause too much pain or sinfulness in your life. Worth the wait. I also want to do some shout outs to some books out there. Wonderful books I read in the past couple of years. Um, Real Men Don't Text. That's a really great book to read. It's on my um, phone, my iPhone. Also, another book that I'm probably going to read soon is a relationships gold is relationship goals. I mean, that is done by a pastor who talks about not having all the information about what it means to have a godly relationship. So I hope some of you all check that out this week. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'm praying for all my listeners out there. And I can't wait to start my new um, session next week about anxiety. And I can't wait to share it with all you lovely ladies. So have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy this summer weather. And I can't wait to see all your comments soon. Bye.